War Report family, <laughs> hey, y'all know we had to come on here. Like, look, look, it's a, a big news day around the program. Zach Calzada, be will. What, what are you? It is still big news, whether you're excited about it or not. I don't know. Your face doesn't mm-hmm. look excited. It's still big mm-hmm. news. Mm-hmm. We have a new transfer quarterback in to the plane. Zach Calzada, former Texas A&M quarterback has decided to commit to Auburn University. And we're just going to talk about it, man. We're going to see what y'all opinions are. We got some people in here already making comments. Um, But yeah, so how are we feeling? Who wants the first bite of this apple? Who wants to talk first? You know what? Let me jump in here before Mike starts throwing stats around and pro football (laughs) focus metrics, because I know that's what he's going to do. All right, before he tries to... uh, Look on the bright side by saying how marginally better Calzada is than the other quarterbacks who have played for us in the last year. Let me, we we three, we had a chance to talk about this very briefly earlier, right? For sure. And then I started whining and complaining, um, kicking the dirt about Calzada committing to us. Right. Now, I, I have had about an hour of work, the trip to go pick up my son. And then I ate one of my favorite Chinese restaurants here in town. I thought you were going to say a calzone, but continue. No. No, I'm not playing (laughs) into this. I'm not doing this with y'all. All All right? I'm not doing this. All right? All right. All right. So, I've had uh, about three hours to digest this news. Okay. And my mind, it it took me about three different places. I I am just going to run through these, and y'all can jump in as you will. One of the things it took me to was that we are not a destination for elite quarterbacks yet. Okay. Calzada is a sub-60% completion with highs, lows, and then some questionable throws. That sounds a lot like the last two quarterbacks we have seen start for us in the last three years. I don't know that this is much different than what we've had. And for that reason, I I feel like about it. And the reason I feel like that about it is because I don't want to keep trading guys who have roughly the same floor and roughly the same ceiling, just with different tweaks and what their strengths or weaknesses are. That okay. is, that seems to be the, the circle that we're in now. And the only thing that actually gets us out of that is if the current coaching staff does something with nothing. They have to take one of these guys and put together an outstanding season. Like, we've got to win 10 games. They've got to be uh, seven, eight percentage points better than they were before. Our wide receivers have to look great. For us to become a destination for quarterbacks where some of the best quarterbacks want to go, they're going to have to make magic on offense for at least one year and it's not that that's not possible um if you think that harson is a competent offensive mind that he's hired a competent offensive uh coordinator in austin davis if you think that these things are possible then sure it's yeah we're gonna get there the thing that worries me is what we've got our project quarterbacks sands Maybe who knows what the ceiling on a dynamic athlete like Demetrius Davis is. We don't know. To me, and and we have been saying this since last spring, that looks like the guy with the highest ceiling. And even with Calzada on the roster, that still looks like the guy with the highest ceiling. But 
now he's fighting the battle of, well, who's the more experienced quarterback or who's gotten the most reps in conference play. And as long as you make an ex- experience a hurdle, Demetrius Davis is never going to get the experience that would get him moving up the ladder as far as skills, plus having gone through some ups and downs. And now he's touching that higher ceiling that I believe that he has. I don't know if he's ever going to get the shot because they keep putting guys in front of him that you have the excuse to say, oh, well, that guy won this. Oh, that guy beat Bama. I don't care that one guy beat Bama. All right. I'm sure Steven Garcia is somewhere sitting on the leather sofa, drinking a beer, talking about that one time he beat Bama. It means nothing in the, the full scope of what your program is. Plenty of teams. Not plenty. That's an exaggeration. It's not that plenty of teams can beat Bama. We have beaten Bama with the mediocre team. 2019, our offense was ranged anywhere from, from decent to putrid. And we beat Bama because we had some outstanding offense, uh, defensive plays, and we had the good fortune of, of facing a quarterback who had not had a lot of experience. I don't care. That didn't make Bo Nix a better quarterback. Bo Nix actually left Auburn a lower-rated quarterback than he went in after being recalibrated in the little transfer thing. You know why? Because beating Bama doesn't give him another star. Calzada is not a better quarterback than the ones we had because he beat Bama. That's not how that works. They're churning in people and people and people, and we're, we're sifting, trying to search for a, a glimmer of hope in his resume somewhere in his star rating in that one throw. I don't want that one throw. I, want, I don't want that one game. I want a, a quarterback whose floor was so high that the worst I could say was, man, I hate you threw that away. It looks like if he had waited a little longer, maybe the other guy would have got open. Not, man, he missed a wide open dude. Our floor here for quarterback play has been way too low. And I assume that they're doing their best to inch it upward. But what it looks like with this Calzada grab, you're telling me we're going to have two quarterbacks who have very similar, again, ceilings and floors. I'm saying TJ and Calzada. Didi, who we have yet to see a hair of on the field. And an incoming freshman who Harson has chosen personally. And we're to believe that they're going to go get another guy? Who's going to? Only one person can play this position, man. Am I to believe that based on what happened in the last year, DD is going to get the fair shot? Somebody's not going to get a, somebody is not going to get a fair shot for the starting job in this spring, especially if they bring in another quarterback. I'm not upset at Harson or the staff. This is the situation we are in at quarterback, and this has been brewing for years under Gus. We have not been able to turn quarterbacks into quality NFL players for years. So we are working from the bottom up. We're trying to work our way up. We got some NFL talent coaching us up, right? That's a positive thing. We're running an offense that makes sense. That's a positive thing, considering the limitations that we have. Sometimes you think we just want to hit that home run. Cam Newton came out of nowhere, man. Chris Todd was great, but we didn't think we'd get a Cam Newton. We got one. And it, it changed the fortunes of the program in the short term. I don't think this is going to be a home run, um, whatever happens with QB here at Auburn. I hope, I hope they have the coaches, they have the wherewithal, they have the plan, and they've got the in on some offensive linemen and a couple other skill players to turn what looks like a very similar group of quarterbacks into enough of a winner so that we can start an upward climb and not be picking from everybody else's leftovers, man. Because that's what it looks like we're doing right now.
we are picking from the rest of the league's leftovers. And that's not a good feeling. That's not where I want to be as a program. And that, that's all I got for right now. Okay. All right. So I'm going to let Mike G jump in. I'm going to grab these super chats and then Mike G, I'll give you the floor. First, we've got uh, Stephen Cryer here saying, I want Calzada to start and be great and be great just to hear Zach Blackerby have nice things to say about him. I don't know what Blackerby has been saying about Calzada or negative things he's had to say about other quarterbacks, but uh, I'll let I'll let Mike address that. He talks to Blackerby more than oh, I do. Uh, that's funny. Devin Mangarelli says, "Not gonna hype, uh, um, not gonna hype up on this till I see th- see him through the spring and summer camp. Hopefully, Austin Davis can help these QBs with accuracy and proper reads. I'm gonna stay optimistic, but I, uh, I'd like Casey Thompson, the Texas guy. Okay, um, I, 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 I definitely didn't watch any Texas games this year, but I, uh, okay, uh, I'm not gonna say anything about quarterbacks I didn't watch, but all right." Um, Sai Calzada equals TJ equals Bo. B. Will is so right. Same floor, same ceiling. Stuart Donald says something to chew on here. In four quarters of football, Calzada put more points on our defense as uh, Young did. What? Um, Zach didn't have the refs helping him. He's saying they scored 10 offensive points on us and Bama Uh, scored 10 offensive points on us. So they didn't score any offensive touchdowns. So the points that they put up. Wait, both of their their touchdowns were defensive. They only had one. Defensive they only had touchdown. one, one touchdown, touchdown, and it was a defensive, defensive touchdown. touchdown. They Everything won else was seventeen to three. What was the other one? They had a bunch uh, of field goals. I about to say I don't know that they had a they had, touchdown. Yeah, because it was nine three at one point. They scored no offensive touchdowns in that game. None. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> I don't. Point. I don't remember them scoring any offensive touchdowns in the entire <laughs> game. So he put up nine points. You know, versus. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's something. I think did they go for two after they scored the touchdown? They did go for two. That's where it was. Okay, that's how we got yeah. seventeen. Okay. Yeah. And then uh lastly here, Dorian Hurd says, Is this a case just like it was hiring OC Harson's getting a guy at QB for his system and Austin go Austin Davis coach him up? It's a possibility. It's a possibility he feels like Zach Calzada is a fit for the system that he wants to run and he's gonna get coached up. I don't know. Um, I did see somebody in here saying, you know, they wonder why we're not just trying to coach up the guys that we have. Listen, uh, that was what I was arguing to begin with. But, um, but yeah, anyway. All right, Mike, the floor is yours. And then we'll get back to some of these chats here. You guys are watching the uh, War Report special. Zach Calzada has officially committed to Auburn as a transfer. Um and we just want to hear thoughts on it. We'll let Mike G get in here, and then we will go to the chat, and I will listen to you all talk for just a minute, or at least read talk. Mike G, it's on you. Uh, initial thought is there's no reason to be super excited or super down on this. I'm not as down as Brian is because, I mean, all these cats that we've only seen for one season, uh, nobody knows how much a guy can raise his floor after one year. Right? You can you can improve significantly year over year, right? With a whole year of starting experience. Um, if we were going to roll with the guys that we had um, in the room, I would expect the same. Get to work in the offseason. Get to work, TJ. Like, he knows where his floor is at. Bring it up. You know, uh, I thought we saw both his high ceiling and his very, very low floor during the Birmingham Bowl. Um, we saw it all season with Zach Calzada. Uh, 55% completion percentage and an adjusted completion percentage of only 68%. That's not very good. Um, With substantially better talent around him. 
as well too. So um, I just don't. I don't want any, I don't think anybody should just crown him king or completely discount him at all. Um, I think that what this signals is that this coaching staff is just not going to roll the dice on only who they have. You don't do that in recruiting. This is just another avenue to get other guys in your program. If a guy is willing to come here, let him. Why not? We are not quarterback you. So you get as many guys in the room as you can, and then you let them duke it out. You have a system and a process to develop those guys, and then you let the chips fall where they may. That's literally all this is. So, you know, um, if you don't have a front, if you don't have a clear front runner, then you get as many guys in as possible. Chris Todd told us repeatedly, they're always, they don't care if you won the Heisman. They're literally always trying to bring somebody in who's better than you or potentially better than you. So, you know, uh, uh, people are freaking out about Calzada because they're assuming that he's going to be, he's the assumed starter because he transferred here. It's the same mistake that they're making about Bo going to Oregon or any other quarterback transferring anywhere. Unless you are a dynamic talent, you are not guaranteed anything, and any coach worth his salt is not promising any guy the job anyway. He's saying you have a chance to come in and compete because you don't know what these guys are going to do. Calzada could come in here and completely crap his pants and regress and move backwards. You know, because he doesn't have average top five recruiting classes to play with here. Yeah. That's what he had at Texas A&M. And I'd remind everybody that this guy did not win the job at Texas A&M. He got the job after the guy who won the job got hurt. It's TJ Finley. I was about to say, it's the exact same thing. It's TJ Finley. Finley. Yeah. Right? Who, again, at LSU, he, he, he won the backup role. Right, And then the starter got hurt, and he got thrust in. Calzada had a good enough team around him that they just rolled with him for the season. But I promise you, if the talent around him had not been so dynamic, we would have seen another quarterback on that team before the end of the season by the numbers the way he played. Now, his upside for us is his touch on his deep ball. That's his upside. His upside is touch on the deep balls, the numbers... Are, are, I mean, it's, he's 42% on passes 20 or more yards down the field, right? A few of those throws might mean two to three more wins for us the way we ended our season. So it just, I, I mean, it's just, I, I'm, not in the, I'm not in the camp that's ready to totally, completely judge this. I just think if a guy wants to come here and thinks that he can win the job, there's no reason to say no. And we're not in a position to do that anyway. Because it's not like you got a bunch of five stars knocking down the door at quarterback to come here. Auburn is in the place where you take who you can and then you hope that your system can develop these kids into their best quarterback selves. And then you let them compete and duke it out for the job. Yeah. Now, now it could what it could be is it could be a signal that some of the guys who we have in our system are about to age out. Because you have had them, and you may not be optimistic after a spring and an offseason, it hurts me to say it, uh, with Demetrius Davis. That's their call to make. They're watching them in practice. They are aware of any off-the-field issue things that might be may or may not be going on. They know. 
You know, so I don't I don't think bringing him in is necessarily a positive thing for for the guys who are in the room. But I I, just, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I don't think it spells doom for anybody in there. It's another guy to compete with. And if you're a competitor, you should expect that every year. I don't know any guy who gets better not expecting to have to compete with somebody every year. So, I mean, that's it. No, I mean, that's my thought on it. Uh, Calzada is not it's not super exciting, but it's I'm not down on it either. It just is what it is, man. He's coming in, he's going to compete with TJ and DD if those guys stay through the spring. And I would I would even venture to say Auburn is probably not done in the portal at quarterback. Just yeah. yet. So, All Calzada might Yeah, Calzada might just be the beginning. And yeah, we might be talking about another guy in a week. You know, if they're going to get into the spring, it's going to have to happen quickly. Yeah. If it's going to be this spring, you know, we're, it's not something we're going to have to linger on for a month or two. We should find out in the next week. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is, this is almost the exact same sentiments we expressed when TJ Finley came on board last year. It's like, hey, bring in another guy who's going to be able to compete because where we are in the quarterback situation right now, I don't think anybody is super pleased with. I don't think anybody looks at our quarterback situation before the Zach Calzada uh, commitment and says to themselves, ah, man, we're going to have a dynamic offense next year. Um, I don't think that anybody looks at our quarterback situation after the Zach Calzada commitment and says, ah, man, we're going to have a dynamic offense next year. I think that there are some pieces that we still need to make sure that we're solidifying. Um, I'm definitely not as down as most Auburn fans are on our wide receiver room. Um, I'm, I, I wasn't super down on them last year. They did not prove me to be right, by the way, as they caught the ball. Um, I think the, the <laughs> separation situation um, was a little overhyped or people saying that they weren't getting separation. Even myself, after going to watch and film, I'm like, actually, they were getting tons of separation. We just were either picking the wrong guy to throw it to or um, the guy who they did throw it to didn't catch it, right? So um, if we can have some guys who can catch the stuff and continue to get open, you know, I liked the progress of Shedrick Jackson over the, the season, and I like the prospect of some of the guys that we have coming in. Let me grab a couple of super chats here. Uh, Chris Lester says, give it a chance, guys. He's a part of the Auburn family now, so let's get behind him. Optimistic at best, but I believe in Auburn and love it. War damn evil. There you go. That's where I'm listen, at. Listen, I'll give him a I, I, don't, I, I don't think anybody's not behind it, um, but, you know, it, you're not – you don't have to be excited about a guy that's not exciting. I yeah, I, I will tell you, I'm going to talk to the hypocrites here for a second, right? If you were super down on TJ Finley, you have zero reason to be excited about Zach Calzada. Yeah, it's the same situation. Zero. It's the same guy, mm. right? So everybody who said anything's better than that, I don't, I don't want to hear that mess from anybody, right? I mean, he, the, only, the difference between the two is you have a much larger sample size for this guy coming in. Right. Yeah, and he's an older quarterback. Let's, mm -hmm. let's he's older Zach quarterback. Calzada is going to be a yeah. redshirt junior next year when he's coming in to Auburn. So he has been in college longer, and he's played more games starting um, before we get in here. So yeah. you, you do have a better idea of what you've got here. So yeah. So I mean, again, you know, for these young guys, we don't know for sure what their true floor is. They're just getting started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if three games at Auburn is enough. And four games at LSU is enough for you to know that TJ Finley isn't it. A whole season at another school starting should be enough for you as well, too. Just keep the same energy. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's gonna, that's, that's right? asking a lot for people who don't know what the same energy looks like. Uh, <laughs> Wardam ATL says Calzada played the best game of his career against Bama. TJ's best was a, was a two-win South Carolina. 
I don't know why that matters, but okay. I mean, it's it's a true it's a true statement. He played his best against a better team. Yeah, I'd twenty-one say, for thirty-one. But again, yeah. with substantially better talent around him. Yeah, I, right. I and, yeah. and again, what you got to see was his ceiling. That was his ceiling. Look at what mm-hmm. his floor was, though. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's, oh. see, that's the important part of the evaluation is understanding what the floor is. Um, uh, Divin uh, Mingarelli says, big props to Ike for pronouncing my, my name right. Good stuff. That, listen, I try to do what I could do, man. Um, you know, Phonics, Hooked on Phonics did work for me at some point in time. I'm going to grab some more of these other chats that are not super chats. This is going to be pretty random here. Uh, so I'm just going to scroll back up and see some stuff that I might have missed. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I take, I take Grant, Grant's. Over Zach, no kissy. Grant, who? Loy. No, oh God. Um, let's see. Let's keep moving along here. Uh, let's oh, see. Cam says, "I'd rather not get a QB if we're gonna get the same guy that we have on the rest roster already." This commit doesn't um, either win more games. Sorry. Listen. Yeah, but you don't know that yet, though. Yeah, and this don't. is my point. We're not QBU. It's so funny when people go out. We, we during the coaching search, people were doing this. Why don't we get this guy? Why don't we get that guy? Well, those guys got to want to come here. Right. Right. Yeah, and so I <laughs> mean, let's be clear. Here. There's just not a scenario where you're going to get, unless the transfer quarterback that's coming in is coming from a lower division, he's not going to be a starter somewhere else, right? Like if they were starting somewhere else or the presumptive starter somewhere else, they'd still be at that other place. So right. if you're going to get a transfer quarter, like – the, the only scenario out here where there's a guy who likely would have started for his school transferred is probably Caleb Williams, right? And the reason he's leaving is because the coach that he committed to is no longer at that school. So it's right. just, it's very rare that there are going to be situations where the presumptive starter at a Power 5 conference school is going to transfer to another Power 5 conference school and be able to be available to play immediately. It just doesn't happen often. It's usually going to be the backup guy. That doesn't mean that it's a worse player. Sometimes it is. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not. Like, it's just that there's, there's, it's, this isn't an exact science, is my point. Is yeah, that don't... you just kind of have to roll the dice <laughs> on a guy that you think fits the system and the play people that are around him, build something around him and make it work. Yeah, what matters more is your process and your system for developing these guys. Correct. That has been Auburn's problem. Because just like B said, at some point, you're going to have to take a guy who is not so heralded and mold him into a guy who looks like he should have been a five-star coming out of high school. Right. right. That's what we have to be able to do. And um, you, so that's why I'm not down on bringing Calzada in. Maybe they have, maybe our new QB coach can do that. An offensive coordinator can do that with this, with this kid. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they talked to him about this move. And I'm sure that they've seen tape on all these guys already, especially these guys yeah, they, I mean, in they conference. They have seen tape. Yeah, they, they saw the tape last year. Yeah, so they went back and they looked at the, at the tape of him beating us, right? And it was all about those few throws downfield that we had been unable to make all season. Yeah, I mean, yep. you said yep. that in our post game after that game. The, the, mm. the difference offensively in that game, Auburn versus Texas A&M, were the plays that Zach Calzada was able made. to make downfield. Yeah. He made the one or two big throws that they needed to to extend drives mm-hmm. and put them in field goal position to be able to put points on the board. We that did was, not. That was TJ's problem. He makes three more throws, right? And we right. win not three more games. Again, 
Like, <laughs> it's not a whole bunch of throws yeah. that separate Auburn University from a 10-win season and the six-win season that we have. Like, it's maybe six or seven throws sp- sprinkled out throughout the entirety of the seasons, which, it, again, is the reason why a move to Zach Calzot is not one of those things where you're like, ah, this will never work. Like, can he make those six throws? Yeah, that's true. You know, right, right, the, right. the one thing I will say about him that I appreciate it, he's a gamer. He's going to get hurt, but he's going to zombie walk back out there some kind of way onto the field, and he's going to sling another pass, and he's not afraid of the big moments. He doesn't seem to get super rattled. Now, what I don't like about him is the inconsistency, right? Like, that's going to be my big beef with every quarterback until we find someone who can be more consistent is, when I say inconsistency, I mean the same throw looks the same way the majority of the time. So if I'm running, if I'm throwing a five yard out, it's going to look the same 80% of the time that I make that throw. If I'm throwing, you know, a 15 yard dig route, it's going to look the same, right? Like pressure on me, no pressure on me. I can consistently make this throw regardless of what the scenario is. But if it has to be my pocket is completely clean and nobody's around me and then I can make the throws, then put put flags on them and let them run seven on seven drills or something like that. Like that's just not how football is played. But if it is pressure in my face, doesn't matter. It looks the same every single time. That's the guy that you want on your team. And he doesn't have to be a Heisman caliber quarterback to do that. He just has to be somebody who when they call his name, I don't care if it's only 20 throws. Um, I don't care if it's only 20 throws in that game. Can he make 15 of them? 12 of them? I don't care. I don't care if we run the ball 70 times and we only throw it 15. Of those 15 throws, what does the throw look like? And it is, is third and seven now seem like an impossible down and distance for us because the quarterback can't complete an intermediate route? Yeah, I, w- I would just say Calzada, you know, to throw him a bone, he played under substantially more pressure than our quarterbacks did on average. Um, yeah, Texas, that Texas A&M offensive line was completely retooled last year. It was re- I mean, they, they graduated almost everybody on that offensive line. So in pass protection, they were allowing a almost 38% pressure rate. And for comparison, Bo played under a 26% pressure rate. That is a substantial amount more pressure that he played under, which may have attributed to, you know, some of the incompletions, the inconsistencies that we saw. Um, mm-hmm. There was there was a uh, there was a comment up here by Cole. He so says, I, "Shouldn't shouldn't okay. the O line still be more of a concern? No matter who the QB is, if the O line is bad, it's not going to make a difference. Um, it's it's going to have an effect. Yeah. I'm not saying it has no effect. So if you hear right. me say, oh, the O line doesn't matter, I've never said that." Right. What I'm telling you is, is, is that by the numbers, the O-line was not near as bad as, and pass protection as this statement suggests. It just wasn't. We have yeah. the numbers, guys. That We were the fourth best pass protecting O-line in the conference last year by this percentage is, of passing prote- uh, per- uh, pressure allowed. This is the one, though. If the O-line can be better in run blocking. Correct. And a little better in pass pro. The QB can be a game manager instead of having to be a playmaker. playmaker. That is 100%. This is the, Ken, this might be the summation of everything that we've been saying for probably the last year and a half, right? Is that I'm not asking for a QB to be an ultimate playmaker. 
game manager is really all we needed because our defense has been so good. Right. You can stop other people from scoring and you can play ball control. You can win the majority of your football games. Now, you're going to every now and then have to win a shootout. But there aren't a lot of schools, let's be clear, that you're going to have to play a shootout against if you have a really good defense. The reason why Texas A&M won so many games last year, again, this is not to diss Zach Calzada. It's because their defense was really, really, really good. It was. Mm-hmm. And then he, he didn't have to barely, put up a ton of points. Then he just barely cleared the yeah. offensive threshold for them to win. They we, had two dynamic running backs and a really, really good— Does that sound familiar to anybody? Two <laughs> dynamic running backs and a really good defense. Yeah, man. We were only a few plays away. We were only a few plays away from having an eight- or nine-win season. That's mm-hmm. it, right? So is that, Zach Calzada or anybody, anybody can come in and make those few plays if all things are equal next year. Let's say the O-line doesn't get any better, right? If your quarterback can make a few more of those down-the-field throws and consistency everywhere else stays the same, we win at least two more games, and we'd likely start this next season 5-0. and Yeah. That's, that's it, right? And then if your wide receivers step their game up or if the O-line gets a little better in pass, pass blocking, I mean run blocking, Right, that's a developmental position. You cannot fix it overnight. You need a system. These guys had to retool their bodies, and it just doesn't happen that quickly. Guys, when I was when I uh, uh, I moved into an apartment when I was living in Phoenix, downtown Phoenix, and I I let myself go, man. I had got I had gotten over. I got up to three hundred and twenty pounds. Hmm. I dropped all the way down to 195. I can tell you it didn't happen in three months. Yeah. I worked out six days a week. <laughs> no, so imagine these guys who are trying to, because um, they don't have, they're not professionals. They don't have unlimited weight room time. They've got classes to go to. They got, you know, girlfriends to tend to. I mean, they've got things, <laughs> they got family, they got things to do. They're not spending eight hours a day in the training room. You know, they're trying to be social. They're trying to be college students. And it takes time, right? So we had one off-season of that. They're going into their second off-season of this enhanced strength and conditioning program. And we should be able to start to see the effects of that on O-line, right? Um, Because they they weren't built to run the ball the way we tried to run the ball this year. They just weren't. That was big boy football. They were built small and light and nimble. Look what happened at Oregon when Mario Cristobal got there. His number one thing was revamping that old line. It took him years. <laughs> All my Oregon buddies were just like, man, we're so happy because what happened was every time they would get to a big bowl game or national title game, they would get run over by an SEC school or one of the Big Ten schools that's got those corn-fed O-line guys. They would just get pushed around. You can't fix that in one offseason. So we don't have to accept losing, though, yeah. until everybody else just has to raise their game around them. Receivers have to play better. Our quarterback, because he touches the ball every single play, has to raise his floor. The floor's just been way too low for a school that's brought in top 12 recruiting classes on average over the last 10 years. Yeah. That's it, man. That's it. So, you know, there are only a few guys who are presumptive starters that are transferring out of their current programs. 
right? Like you said, Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler, guys who we know are going to going to take the job. Dylan Gabriel. Uh, uh, Do you wh- see Spencer Rattler still getting high marks for possibly being a Heisman candidate? Like they didn't learn. They didn't learn. Five-star offensive linemen around them, five-star wide receivers all over the place, and you can get benched, but somehow you're supposed to be a Heisman favorite at South Carolina who doesn't have that type of talent. Okay. They got Josh Vance coming back, so, you know, hey, he's got at least one dynamic receiver or two. Yeah, I mean, it, it says something about where they think his ceiling is. That's, sure. all, that's, that's all I'm looking but at. They that's are all I disregarding is, right? that floor. <laughs> yeah, so if he raises his floor, then great. You know, if not, then it is what it is. Anyway, what were you going to say, B-Will? I was I was thinking about how much offensive talent has hit the portal since Lincoln Riley left from from Oklahoma. So there's a is it Mario? Is it Williams? Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Hazelwood already mm-hmm. committed to was it Arkansas. He committed to. Did he commit to Arkansas? One of, one of those wide receivers committed to Arkansas. I don't Man, know which I one it was. But like I don't like the sound of that. I don't want to have to play against Hazelwood. Yeah. So I mean it. Talent everywhere for that guy. And after a full year of start, and that's more why I was down on Rattler, which is also why I'm on Calzada, is because you had a full 2020 season to be mediocre. Yeah, if you were going to make the jump. in the chat, Hazelwood to Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you were going to be make the jump, it was going to be year two after having a full year at the helm in the same system with superior talent all around you. If you don't make that jump, then no, I'm not sold. Um, with Calzada, I, I do think there's room to work. And this is something I was thinking about it after watching the Watch the Film breakdown of the Birmingham Bowl. So thank you, Ike, for putting that up. And so you brought up something. We talked about it in the post game, and really in the week after that. TJ Finley looked tentative playing mm-hmm. in the Birmingham Bowl. Also, Bo Nix looked very tentative playing in the first games of real competition, Penn State, Georgia State. It wasn't until LSU where he really kind of loosened up. I think some of this, some of what we've seen with our quarterback play over the last year is Parson trying to teach these guys fundamentally how to play the position professionally like an adult. And that takes time. It takes physical and mental repetitions. You're not going to be great at it. And I think that's why it looks like for their first couple stars, those guys look like they're thinking. They're not just playing, they're thinking. That's also why as the season went on, Bo looked more fluid, more loose as he ran the offense. TJ looked like back in grade school because he was at the beginning of how uh, Harson wants to run this quarterback clinic. You're going to start from the beginning. I need you to make this read. I need you to consider uh, these options on this play. And they've got a lot to think about. Everywhere where we see one of the things about Gus's system and even Josh Heupel's system in Tennessee is there, it's pretty much one read go. I'm going to make this quick for you. I'm going to make this easy for the guys playing offense. They actually highlighted in the bowl game while Tennessee was playing Purdue, wide receivers just get to take plays off. Why? Because I need you to be attacking when you're going. So if, if you're not going to get the ball in this play, save some energy because this next play I need you to go. And I don't want to sub out because that gives them a chance to sub out. So you take this play off. Dude was on the far on the far hash. The, the rest of the team was on the the hash closest to their sideline. And he just, he didn't block. He didn't pretend like he was running around nothing. He just stood still. Yeah. They are making, and a lot of offensive coordinators do this, make it really easy and simple for their guys to play offense. Yeah. That, play fast. that is not, That's what they want them to do is play fast. Right. That's, that was the hallmark of the previous regime is play fast on both sides of the ball, honestly. Just right. play fast. Like we're going to make it simple reads, simple, just go 100 mm-hmm. miles per hour and 
hopefully it works out. Right. I'll, no, that, that is not what Harson is doing. They it's are not trying what professionals to, do either. Right, because that's not what pros do. Pro, the pro game isn't easy. I think everybody who comes through here who gets QB tutelage for three or four years is going to have actual chances to play in the NFL. Now, what that means for us in the short term is how long is it going to take a guy to get there? How long is it going to take? Hopefully, what we hope is that a spring and a fall camp and maybe one or two games is all you need to get close to your ceiling so you can be at that ceiling for the majority of the season and not we're not burning through a Penn State and almost a Georgia State hoping and waiting that you, that the light comes on for you. And, and that's, that's what I hope. It, it takes multiple years of the same guy. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take the same guy being here in this system for more than one year. You're gonna, he's going to have to get those reps, spring, fall, get the starts in the fall during the season, come back and be the same guy ready to start again in the spring. And um, I hope that can happen here soon. Yeah, I just, again, I want to stress to everybody, you, just, you bring in as much talent as possible, right? So if a guy that started another program wants to come here to compete, I don't know that enough other guys are knocking down the door quarterback to get to Auburn that you would say no to this. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't. So I don't, I don't think, I think people, a lot of people are overreacting to the news. There's still going to be a quarterback battle. Harson does not strike me as the type of guy that's promising anything to a guy no, he, who no, would not, not be super, <laughs> like I said, a, a, unless you were a guy like um, I don't even know who that guy who would that have who to would be. be. It would like, have it to would be, be like the reincarnation of Trevor Lawrence, and for some reason he was just unhappy and decided to transfer. Or right, like you know, I just I, I don't yeah. know what situation would would a guy be available at quarterback, and Brian Harson would be like, "You're going to be my guy next." You're going to be my next like, guy, just, yeah. Unless the guy who he left at Boise State was like on the cusp of being a Heisman contender. And he was like, well, I want to come play for coach Harson in my final season or something. Like, I just, right. I just can't envision the scenario in which he'd be like, yes, you're not, I'm not guaranteeing. I'm guaranteeing you this starting spot. It just doesn't, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Roberto, um, oh, I'm not even going to try to mess up your last name, homie. I'm sorry. Five-star O-line at Oklahoma. Wanye Morris uh, reposted Calzada's Auburn picture on I his story. That. Also commented on Papo's post. I can run it back with you. Transfer. So the only thing I'll say about Wanye Morris's situation is he's already used his one free transfer. I don't know unless he's graduating at Oklahoma that he can come play at Auburn and start next season. So I don't know what the scenario is that would allow Wanye Morris to do that. Now, if he wants to and he's and he's poised to graduate already, then absolutely, you know, let him transfer and be where he's and he's he's got all the talent in the world. So there's no reason why Auburn wouldn't want him on the team if he wants to be here. Uh, but again, uh, he should have came here in the first place when he left Tennessee. But, you know, hey, Wanye, listen, yeah, man, you got time to, too. you know, you want us then. What's up now? Yeah. Uh, Peyton Murphy, appreciate you coming on board as a member. Uh, always good to see new members join the fold here. We are talking Zach Calzada. Recently committed to Auburn University as a new transfer quarterback. The quarterback competition is going to be fierce going into the spring. I am definitely looking forward to covering that. You know, before we get out of here, like I said, I just think there will be um, there's there's a lot there's a lot of things running around. I was kind of scoping Twitter. You know, this move is making people overly judge players we already have on our roster. People are speculating about people leaving. You know. Uh, 
I just think it's the sad state of our fan base is that we don't know what it's like to be stacked with talent at that position. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> right? Because they're not have they're not they're used to this at, at schools who have had better quarterbacks. The Oklahoma's, Ohio State's, the, you know, uh the Clemson's, Bama, like I mean, they've just got they don't they're not really that worried about guys transferring out of the program. At some point, we have to stop worrying about it as well, too, as long as the coaches are keeping the best players in the fold and evaluating properly and letting the ones who may be a little further behind in their own best interest go seek an opportunity someplace else. Yeah, look at Ohio State. They just had one of the most highly touted uh, quarterback prospects transfer out of their program. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not familiar with the Ohio State fan base. I don't know that they were panicking because they have a Heisman caliber quarterback starting for them right now. Right. So they weren't sitting there like, oh no, we lost the guy that's on the bench. He mm-hmm. was going to be the future. Oh, we'll just go get another guy who will be the future. Yeah, they had hits kinda... and misses though at quarterback, yeah. right? right? Where the guy who who won the job met a, a, like a production minimum, right? But the guy who left, Joe Burrow, had a much higher ceiling, but that stuff is very, very difficult to predict. Yeah. Right? But Ohio State hasn't had a trash quarterback situation. Right? No. Like they, they, no. They, they, were, uh, they were taking out, you know, uh, really good for great, right? Like, it was just, it, it wasn't ever bad, though. And mm-hmm. so we have to get right. to the place where at least, again, what, what I need everybody to stop falling in love with is potential and start looking at the consistency of what's happening. The floor is what you judge people by. How bad can it get for that Yeah, Yeah, if I I play this guy, what is the absolute worst-case scenario? Now, at other schools, other quarterbacks get a much longer leash because the conditions around them are much better. Championship defense. And I don't care what anybody says. I know he's played well here at the beginning, but if Georgia didn't have a top-tier defense and they had to outscore people for real this year, Stetson Bennett's leash would have been a lot. SEC championship. If they had to play the (laughs) SEC championship six times this year and it Mm -hmm. was a scoring competition, Stetson Bennett would not be the starting quarterback at Georgia. No, he wouldn't. So, uh, I mean, it's just, we just have to get accustomed to the idea that Calzada coming in means that everybody has to raise their game. Because here's uh, here's another guy with a ceiling just as high as mine who may possibly raise his floor and cause me to have to raise my floor if I want to have a shot at the job. Mm-hmm. That doesn't stop no matter where you go. That's everywhere. <laughs> That's yeah. literally everywhere where they have the potential to win and win championships. Yeah. Your floor has to come up, right? I, I just wouldn't be shocked to see that this is not the last move that they're going to make. Yeah, I think they they are in competition mode and they're going to bring anybody in who they feel like is going to make everybody play better or it's going to make them leave. Right. And listen, um, uh, like, uh, so, you know, in in, in line with what you just said about it being competition time, if a guy's going to run from that, I'm not sure I want him. And, but I'm okay with a guy saying, this isn't what I signed up for. As long yeah. as he knows, if you're going to go any place else worth a damn, you're going to run into the same issue, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're going to have to go to some group of You're going to take school. a step down. Yeah. yeah. You got to take a step down to be guaranteed. You know, you have to do it like Malik did. Where, you know, again, he didn't have a ton of stuff on tape, but he was clearly the most talented guy 
the program he chose, and right. it worked out for him. That's a little harder to do, <laughs> but he did it. Some of these guys may have to do that, but we we just can't like get. I I struggle saying get behind this kid, like get behind whoever they choose. Right. Yeah. Yes, fair. Right. Get behind whoever they choose because at the end of the day, all the guys who are going to be battling for the job, we don't have two years worth of tape on anybody. Correct. Yeah. We don't have two years worth of tape on anybody. We've got maybe at the most like like 90% of a season. Yeah. Right. On on every guy or nothing for the guys who will be battling for the job. There's another kid. We weren't super ready to put it out there, but his name is in the portal. Um, Hoover quarterback, Robbie Ashford, I think may be in the mix uh, for possibly coming in to compete as well, too. Uh, he is uh, you know, quarterback from Hoover. If you guys remember, you know, he came out uh, you know, pretty highly rated. He can do some good things. He's kind of a big quarterback, uh, but he can move. And uh, he chose Oregon. They let him play baseball. And he decided that he wanted to focus on quarterback, so he quit baseball. And last spring, Robbie rocketed up that death chart from fourth, fourth in the room <laughs> to second. And a lot of people were speculating that he was going to win the job from their presumptive starter, Brown. Because he was bad. Brown was not good. Yeah, like, uh, like Ashford had showed them enough that he was in the mix until the very end and has not been, you know, I had it on good sources that he has not been happy at Oregon. And then we find, I, you know, I found out around our bowl game, but he was at our bowl practice. The Monday before bowl practice. Uh-huh. So uh, he's from Hoover, not a shock. They were practicing at his old high school. And um, I'm not saying he is or he isn't, but, you know, guys like that, we may get another guy in here who has nothing on tape, nothing but potential to look at. Your baby got some spring tape on him, and it'll be time to just, you know, get another guy in who can compete and, and whoever comes out on top. I just think that now we're in a situation that going into this next spring, whoever gets chosen really will just be the best guy. Not the most experienced guy, necessarily. Or the, you know, not the, you know, no politics involved, just play the best guy. Yeah, I'm not so sure that that's been happening before for a long time at Auburn. So, right. um, you know, and, or we've only had one guy that could get the job done. So it was just clear who the best guy was. Right. Yeah. So let's build a pipeline. We need a pipeline at O-line. We need a pipeline at quarterback, you know, and we need a pipeline at receiver. So when these guys hit the field, they already know what they're supposed to do because they've been doing it. Some of the most successful quarterbacks we've seen in the NCAA over the last few years have not started as freshmen or sophomore. They've come in as juniors after sitting behind a guy for two years and then just killed it. So, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that we can get somebody in the, in the mold of Mac Jones that can come in and, you know, be look seasoned from the start, but waited his turn. And, you know, maybe that's the cycle that Auburn is starting kind of moving forward. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. We will see. Yeah, we will definitely see. All right. So we're going to get out of here, man. Again, just over an hour away from Devin Aroma do coming to talk to you guys. So be right back here. 8 o'clock Central, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be right back. Um, and uh, we'll have fun talking to y'all in just a little bit, man. But I will holler at y'all until next time. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle.